Hi. Hi. <laughs> Long time no see. Yeah. I'm sweating. <laughs> why? Wayne um, did I'll tell not you why to... I'm sweating. Oh, yeah. Tell me, please. I want to know. No, just go ahead. Wayne, what did Wayne want? What did Wayne do? He, like, didn't want his bottle, but did want it. So then he was squirming, and he's figured out that if he throws his hands above his head, that I cannot hold on to him. <laughs> because he, like, squirms away. Like, slithers away. So he's just, like gonna throw my hands up every two seconds while you're feeding me this bottle wow <sighs> what a dick i know right already testing you i know you can't even talk bloody hell <laughs> where are you sweating tell me well i was wearing like a kerchief over my head and because and it's a synthetic fabric because i was doing food stuff making food okay i don't i cover my hair when i'm cooking in the kitchen i have my apron on i look like an old slovenian lady and i have like <laughs> my little kerchief and my apron and like gregory i talk to gregory like this no i'm just teasing <laughs> i was making food i, and I, I mean you should go, <laughs> i have to go finish it so oh, it's gonna okay. be a long night uh, honey well uh no, Sorry, we're getting fault. started so late. No, it's my own fault. We'll just, uh, yeah, we'll just power through. Okay. It'll be fine. Well, this is a good episode. So I'm I think so we'll excited. make it through it quickly. Yes. Um, because so. there's lots to, like, it's not dry at all. Well, here's the thing. Um, let's just welcome everybody into the podcast. Uh, yes. Welcome everyone to this episode of Squintcast. I'm Kelly. I'm Brittany, and I'm and sweating. She's sweating. I'm sweating. <laughs> We're all sweating. What the hell? It's like September twenty first, and yeah, like hot as hell. Anyway, oh um, we're going to be talking about episode four of season two of Bones, called "The Blonde in the Game." All right, and we have the return of one of our favorite serial killers yes howard epps yes it's very exciting we have a howard epps episode the thing i liked about this just before we start we can catch up while we're talking about it but oh, i sure. was um grateful that it was more focused on the story than on the interpersonal relationships like that we the difficulties in the relationship i've been seeing yes lately so, there wasn't a there wasn't a ton of Cam and Brennan interaction in this episode, though. Like, I think that they were really overdoing it the first three episodes to show us, like, oh, look. Yes, and I think also because they came to that understanding of the last episode. True. Now they're not uh, um, up in each other's hair. Exactly. They're sort of being profesh, finally, being professional. Finally. Um... Mm. Also, I don't know what you're talking about, though. There's no uh, interpersonal. Well, okay. <laughs> There's some shit going down. That it's so great. We're going to talk about, and oh, I'm it. finding it very interesting. Interesting. You 
changed my perspective on this a little bit. Yes. And I'm finding it really interesting, the journey I'm having this second time through this season with this particular plot point. So anyway, regardless, how are you? How's everything? Everything is good. Wayne got a spot in daycare, um, which is amazing. Is that an exciting thing? Yeah. In the city of Toronto, like he's been on um, waitlist since May. I'm going to pull the episode up also because i want to try to watch or like have it running at the same time yeah so been accepted to daycare in toronto no way yes so it's pretty big deal i was basically harassing this lady for the last month and a half because she's like i i won't know if he can start in november until september but at first she said august and then she said september and i was like lady like i need to go to work (laughs) i need to know right because i had to set a back to work date um yeah i don't know i just we finally got in we're really excited about it both of the daycares we're looking at because we want to switch him into another one at 15 months because it's closer to us um both daycares are actually uh part of that ten dollar a day daycare program so we went from having to pay eighty dollars a day wow um, to now we'll is this a new thing first it's new yeah so i think um this is part of doug ford's big platform all right for those listening that don't live in toronto this is the premier of ontario the provincial government was like in order to get elected he was like i will get you cheap daycare and he seems to have gotten it so if the people applied so these daycares had to apply and it doesn't go down to ten dollars a day right away. Like they phase it in. So. Oh, what does that mean? They phase it in. So, like, at I'm confused. First, when he first goes, we'll be paying sixty dollars a day because it's a twenty-five percent discount. And then in January, it goes down to forty because it's a fifty percent discount. But but then we're putting him in a city-run one that's twelve dollars a day. So. So the city pays those workers. Yeah. But I don't know who how pays like private daycares. Well, that's the thing. So I think they're getting all these subsidies. And that's why oh a lot of private God. daycares aren't a lot of a lot of private daycares are not signing on because they're saying like we're we're a for-profit organization. Yeah. Like we're it's nice, like we do want to look after the kids and like we want to make sure that they have the best care, but like we mm-hmm. can only do that if we can pay our bills. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you need to be able to guarantee us that we're going to be getting proper subsidies, right? Yeah. Interesting. It's funny because I have a friend who lives in Montreal, the one I saw on Labor Day weekend there. Yeah. Dominique. And they have, their daycare has always been publicly funded, like all daycare. Yeah. So she could, yeah. she pays like five bucks a day per kid. She paid, now they're in school, but she paid like $5 or $6 a day or something. Yeah. Which is unheard of. Like in the city here, it oh, costs... Yeah thousands of dollars a month you know i had i knew people who were paying you know thousands of dollars a month to put them in daycare but also then people were choosing to hire nannies because of this because it was cheaper or you got more for your money if you hired a nanny yeah who would also do your laundry and make the beds and pick the kids up and do all this stuff for you right exactly there's a lot of people also who choose not to go back to work and they just decide that they're going to be a stay-at-home parent because 
Yeah, it's, it's not worth it. Expensive. You're just yeah. going to work to pay for daycare. Like it's it's stupid. Um, so just to put that in perspective, yes. so we are gonna have to pay eighty bucks a a day. Yeah, we have part. We would be doing part time, but let's pretend we're doing it full time. So I would be going to work five days a week. Let's say right. And let's say I take two weeks of vacation during the year, so I don't need yeah. daycare for two weeks. Yeah. So that would be twenty thousand dollars a year for daycare. Like that's disgusting. <laughs> and now twelve dollars a day with the same right is three thousand a year. Wow, that's significant. That's a huge difference. Where so, is all that money coming from though? From the government. Well that's that's the problem. Where I think are that, we paying? Where am I paying for this daycare? <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks, Kelly. Thank you for paying for this for me. You're welcome. <laughs> Any, uh, anyone living Wayne in Ontario? Gets caviar you. and champagne <laughs> and fur oh diapers. <laughs> Gold-plated. Oh, my Gold-plated God. Gold-plated pins. Yes. It's like diaper pins. And... Oh, my God. Yeah. No, that's true. Like, everything that is reduced cost or free isn't really free it all comes at a cost so well that's like the whole license thing right that uh they yeah. pulled with giving people a bunch of money which i was almost like going to give it to charity i was like this is bad this is like dirty money i'm getting from the government because they're <laughs> buying my vote which no amount of money would ever make me buy a vote for that guy but yeah um that's my okay we're not a political podcast we have our no, own views like you but can that's think okay whatever you want <laughs> but i am not that type of voter yeah. i suppose but when he gave everybody it was like 400 bucks or something so we don't it have was to a lot like, of money so much I think, money i think i got back like between mark and I, I think between the two of us i think we got back like 600 bucks no it's insane and that's like millions and millions of dollars where yeah. did that money come from? Like people, nurses and teachers were killing themselves during the pandemic. Yeah. And I know that was a federal kind of thing, but it did trickle down to provincial stuff. And oh, for I sure. just feel like all of a sudden there's millions and millions of dollars to give people yeah. back. It's very strange. I think part of it is they are working with the federal government, especially with the daycare. I'm pretty sure that it's they have to somehow they have to with with the federal government but like even um so in ontario for those that don't live in ontario yeah. we used to have to go and renew our license plate and to renew our license plate you would get a little sticker and it would yeah. be like a one or two year renewal and you'd stick 120 it on bucks yeah exactly yeah and now you still have to renew it but it's free and you don't get a sticker so i have a sticker that says august 2022 on my car yeah and they were not made to be taken off like they're made to be kept on right so very difficult to get off and so i just look like i'm a person who doesn't renew their license oh plate. stop it everybody knows <laughs> that it's fine it's fine now I, now I can't be judgy 
Now you can't <laughs> go around and be like, hmm, that person doesn't like me with their Well, no, during COVID, though, they gave people a break and you didn't have yeah. to, like, go get relicensed and stuff right away because people were, like, not driving and they weren't doing it. And then, like, that whole scam with car insurance where they're like, oh, we'll give you, the insurance companies were giving oh, everybody yeah. rebates. I got $15. Like, oh, yeah. okay, I was paying. Like, thanks. 350 <laughs> bucks a month for car insurance. And yeah. I'm like... This is insane. Here's fifteen dollars. I was like, oh wow, what a that was so sweet. nice. You know, it I'm gonna go to Starbucks and get one drink. <laughs> exactly. It's gone. My insurance has gone down. I was shocked. It was it's gone down almost a hundred dollars this year. So I was so grateful. Oh wow. It's so expensive. It's because I of where yeah. I live, I have all seasons. I don't, you know. It's a newer car. Uh, it's exposed. I don't have a garage. You know, it's just like all these little things. And because of where, yeah. like I said, where they I add live. up. So you live in a nice area, but I guess yeah, no garage. Maybe. No, but like it does the nicer. It's the kind of area that people get their cars stolen. Oh, because it's a nicer area. Or yeah. vandalized. Like Greg's gotten stuff taken out of the back of his truck. Our neighbor had his truck vandalized, and he had to, he's installed like a camera and everything. Like okay. right in the same alleyway where we park, but oh nobody's God. gonna steal my car, Brittany. Like nobody. It's like not like it's not Knock that on great. I love my car. It's great, but it's not like nobody wants it. You know. That's like my car. I'm like no one wants a Toyota Corolla. Germany that. that <laughs> no, the Corolla. I I don't even want that. Even in a in a zombie apocalypse, <laughs> it's the last car I would go for. I love my Corolla. Take that back. I, I have a Honda <laughs> HRV, and okay. it's, uh, the guy at the dealership when I bought it. Did I tell you the story about how they were going to give me all this money for it? I don't think so. Was this oh, recent? Yeah, my lease came due like December or something. Okay. And I was being really pressured. Like the guy literally wanted to buy my car off of me, the lease, whatever I had left on my lease. Yeah. And he was going to make, give me $7,000 in cash. And he was going to give me a new Honda Civic to lease at like this cheap rate. Cause Honda Civics are a dime a dozen. Yeah. If I gave him my car. And it's probably so hard to get those cars now. Like there's huge supply chain issues. It there was really hard at the time, and because my car is like they called it a unicorn, like my car is like very unique because it has all these things about it that are well. I have a manual transmission, as you know, I drive standard. Okay, yeah. I have uh, it's lady driven. I have like such low mileage. I have less than forty thousand kilometers on it, and I've driven it for almost six years now. So that's amazing. Like, like I have like. Yeah, less than 40,000 kilometers on the car. So it's like Man. insane. I and thought I keep... mine was low. <laughs> no, it's so low because I just drive it to work and I don't really go. I go to Bancroft sometimes. I've driven yeah. to Montreal in it. like, But that's like over the years it kind of. Yeah. I drive less than I, 10K a year. I have 80. Oh, I'm lately I'm the same. I have 80,000 on it and I bought it in 2015. Right. So seven. Yeah. Seven years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're double. You have like double the mileage yeah. on yours. Which is like so low still. So yours is like. Yeah, no, they wanted my level. car so hard. They were like, give me your car yeah. now. And I was like, no, I don't want a Civic. I hate fucking Civics, you know? Yeah. And then they said, and then I thought, oh, maybe I'll get this other Honda. 
and they would still I could trade mine in and get that other it's called a passport it's sort of like a jeep okay I have talked yeah. about this but they're hard to get like I would have had to wait yeah. for almost a year to get the car because oh they're hard God. to get but and I'd have to go from driving manual to automatic because nobody makes manual anymore yeah which is sad for me I don't want to give up my manual Mark was the same. His last Jeep was manual. I cannot, for the life of me, drive manual. Like, I have tried. I get so scared of the clutch. It's, like, embarrassing. It's so pathetic. We've, like, driven. It's so embarrassing. So it's I'm like, okay, first, first gear, second gear. No, no, I can't do this. I can't do this. Can't do it's this. hard. It's hard. I get it. It's really hard. I'm. Uh, yeah, I guess so. But his so he got a his new Jeep is automatic and I love oh him. he took he took the bullet took the bullet he's looking at me like whatever <laughs> <laughs> happy wife happy life <laughs> wow Mark should give Greg some lessons <laughs> Mark you have to give Greg some lessons anyway yes well should we talk about the episode yes yes let's let's get into it because it's good and i really want to and it'll be really great okay well, all right here we go we're gonna talk about this episode and we're excited things are like back to normal i love it so much it's so much better all right so so much better this episode starts out pretty funny actually yes um, it, yes it's really it, good the beginning of this episode ties in very nicely to the end like this episode is really tied up in a nice little bow so once we get to the end we're going to talk about it but so okay i will get us started so we start ourselves off in a park or some sort of forested area and there's this guy who has a dog booth and brennan are there this park ranger is there police officer guy um and this isn't any regular scene where a guy's out for a walk with his dog this dog has a skeletal arm in his mouth <clears throat> and brennan is like oh my god we need to like shoot this dog now listen <laughs> we come upon this guy he's got his dog this Doberman Pinscher is like carrying around this skeletal like arm. Arr! He's like, he won't let anybody near him. And yeah, Brennan's like, just shoot the dog. And Booth is wearing his, the ugliest thing again. I hate this jacket so hard. <laughs> this brown leather jacket. I wish they would burn it. And he's wearing terrible jeans. They're too baggy, and they're, they're I hate the color. And I they're just like hate this what is that? so much they kind of go like they're kind of bell bottom me yeah like, like they go out quite a bit at the bottom like straight leg and they're not good it's not flattering yeah. regardless so it's then not it's not the, yeah and it's t-shirts are like they have all kinds of like it's not like an ed hardy t-shirt but it's like no. borderline borderline ed hardy you well, know just the outfit is a little weird like it's a blue shirt but like a bright blue shirt with like a brown jacket and jeans i don't know maybe on some planet that's fashionable i don't know it's not it's not working for me but we find out that there's this body that's laying in the dirt there in a very shallow grave mm -hmm. um 
We also find out that although Bones has never had a dog, she would rather have a pig. Important for the end of the episode. Hmm. Hey, spoiler, Brittany. Ah! No, sorry. (laughs) But basically, they don't end up shooting the dog. Surprise, surprise. But Brennan does pick up a pine cone and throws it and is like, fetch. And the dog does run after the pine cone, which is super helpful. Mm. Um, Pretty sure that the scene is compromised at this point, like for sure. But that's fine. Also, I don't think that the the dog doesn't actually release the arm. No. It just lets them get access to the body. So, mm-hmm. like, they still have to figure out how they're going to get that. I know, she, but anyway. She, the dog runs off and chases the pine cone. She distracts him with the pine cone. And she's like, okay, everybody, secure the area. And tell them I'm going to need that arm. Like, it was pretty funny. Yeah. It is. It's a good start to the episode. It's, yes, we're finding a body. But it's a nice, light start. Mm. And... I'm not going to say anything else because it's a spoiler. Please don't stop it. So anyway, I'm going to continue back at the Please lab. Please continue we have Zach. us. Yes. Back at the lab. We have Zach, Cam and Renan. They're overlooking the remains they found in the woods. They determined the victim is female, late teens, blonde, and died by blunt force trauma to the skull and was buried face down. And as they say this, Hodgins, Hodgins, Hodgins. And he talks about his uncle wanting to be buried standing up naked without a casket, which makes Brennan make this face. She's like, looks like this like total sourpuss. Like she cannot get over regardless. So then Hodgins is She's met like, with- why? No, she's like, oh, <laughs> why, why are you talking? <laughs> and then because Hodgins didn't get a reaction, he changes the subject. This happens a few times in the episode, not just with him. But it's an interesting yeah. thing the director chose to do. So anyway, Hodgins, because he didn't get a reaction out of his uncle's story, he tells them that uh, the he divulges that the, the remains, the person they found, the victim, was buried seven to ten years ago. And she was bound. And they figure out that based on all of these markers and her wear and tear on her bones and stuff, that she was a golfer. Isn't that fascinating? It's so cool that they can figure that out just from the bones. Um, okay, I'm just gonna say it. Yeah, Angela walks in. Okay, this is yours and it's Hodgins, all yours, baby. Thank you. And Hodgins is like, "Hi, Angela. You look great today." <laughs> and she's smiling back, like appreciating the compliment. Normally, she's like, eh. like loving this compliment. Calls him Hodgy. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, not hodgepodge. Not Cam's nickname, Haji, their own little nickname, a little flirtatious. Mm. And um, anyway, she talks about her look. But no one likes this. Brennan is very confused. No one <laughs> likes this when she no. calls him Haji. They're very like Cam what? is kind of like. Oh, Are you talking? What? <laughs> What's happening? And Booth missed this whole thing. Yeah, is then like immediately after this like brennan kind of questions it and then angela's like oh shit yeah she I changes the subject with hodgins yeah she changes the subject oh it talks God. about this facial reconstruction that she's working on on the person that she manages to show she has like a little mini like a computer program in the same room yeah. as the remains and she's doing the facial reconstruction and then booth comes and in. then booth comes and he's like, oh, it's our victim. But 
not not much like he doesn't really add much other than him and Brennan after the realization of Zach we find out that the body was buried face down mm-hmm. and Zach is suggesting that the the um the weapon. murder weapon words yeah the weapon <laughs> appears to be a tire iron so we have buried face down tire iron hands feet hands and feet bound does this sound like someone we've uh, met before kelly <laughs> well brennan and booth look at each other and they agree that all, they have all the same sort of it's the same mo as howard epps a serial yeah. killer that they're very very familiar with and we are very familiar with from season one but cam is not which right. is kind of cool um i have something yes. to say about that tell me first of all i love that booth swiped his card to get onto this platform i still continue to adore this little detail that they really do i just love this habit even when angela swiped on they like made it a point like that you could hear it like beep yeah you can hear this the it's a cool detail but i was so excited when they mentioned howard epps i'm like howard epps is back he's back yeah so we're in for like a really good, like, you know, classic serial killer type of situation, which I appreciated. But then Cam, Cam claims to not know who this guy is, which yeah. I truly find hard to believe. Like, wouldn't this have been like national news? A bunch you of beautiful so. white young girls died? Well, beyond that, how often does a person get off of death row? Right. Like he's back on death row row now. Right. At the time, like they were able to stop his execution. Like the fact that they stop his execution, you would think would be like huge news. I mean, you know what I mean? It's a wild story. This would be even in 2006 or whenever this came out, it would have been huge. Yeah. It's, I think that cam is a little judgmental in this scene even though okay they're all good everything's happy but just like she makes a comment that it's ironic that they they're the ones that saved his life and i think it's a little too soon for brennan and booth to take that comment (laughs) anyway um i mean like what do you expect cam's like classic she's blunt all good but the conclusion here is booth is gonna go and see epps Mm-hmm. But Brennan is not because if you remember from last season, mm-hmm. uh, their last um, interaction was not so good. Pretty mm-hmm. sure that Brennan broke his wrist. Right. So yes, right. he like he loves to pick at her. Like he finds her fascinating, and he loves they... to like oh, their yeah. chemistry is really cool. Not chemistry, but like their interactions are really cool he riles her up but i love they showed the flashback of her actually breaking his wrist in season one which is awesome i was like yes flashback yeah a real flashback and then she said uh she she said to cam after cam's like oh you better not bring brennan then and she goes well he was she said he touched me with his creepy serial killer hands (laughs) (laughs) that was funny it was funny honestly this is a great start to an episode this so far mm. and will end up being, this is my favorite episode of the season so far. 
Oh, he did not have a good start to this season, in my opinion. Tell me more. Is there a way you can bring your mic closer to your mouth? Like, yes, I can. I'm gonna. I'm. Go- normally, I have a stand. I'm gonna do it right now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you I'm sound like you're in a kitchen or something. You know, like I. I am a high well, ceiling. Kind of kind of empty room <laughs> sorry okay oh, no. you got your tupperware you're good and my popcorn if i want it oh nice is that better what kind of popcorn lemon dill i think is the flavor oh god it tastes pretty I, good i don't like flavored popcorn can you tell <laughs> no <laughs> what what about butter oh yeah classic butter salt the only thing i i do put on is nutritional yeast so i'll put that on so it's butter salt and nutritional yeast which adds like it's sort of like a i it's like this weird thing where i've convinced myself because i'm using nutritional yeast which is fortified with vitamin b's and all that that i think like i'm being healthy because it's like oh i'm putting nutritional yeast on it 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 has nutritional in the name well, exactly. But it also makes it kind of cheesy, I guess. And oh. Greg doesn't like that. And the kids don't like that. So I get all the popcorn to myself. So that's what I like. I like to eat my own popcorn. Nobody's allowed to touch my popcorn. I have my own bowl. Go to. I'll make you a bowl, but my bowl is my bowl. Like, I'm very yeah. territorial about my popcorn. I'm sorry. And that's I'm allowed. Very, like, I'm, I have ways that I make it. And there's all like a very... Specific. Do you like, do you pop it? Like you actually pop the kernels or do you make it in the microwave? I don't have a microwave. So yes, I used to have a popcorn maker, what? but now I do it on the stove. So I use coconut oil and I put, I buy, I only buy organic popcorn because it tastes like once you have it, you can't go back. You can't go back to Delicious. regular popcorn because organic popcorn tastes the absolute best it's so corny it's so corny (laughs) i you're not the first person that i've talked to that doesn't have a microwave oh okay (laughs) i'm sure i'm not the only person without a microwave no you're probably you're not but like i never heard of this until like maybe the last five years and now i'm like all these people don't have microwaves what do you do like what if you need to well you have a kid it's different it's different when you have kids I, well, we had Luke and Allie, but I only used it to melt butter. And that was pretty much it. I didn't use it for anything. I got, I'm just used to not having one, you know, and I don't, I reheat things in my toaster oven. Oh, you have a toaster oven. Okay. That, that helps. I use my stove top or I put it in the actual oven. I just, you know, and I don't eat a lot of, um, frozen stuff. Yeah. So. That works. Anyway, that's my anyway, sorry, popcorn small moment. aside. I just you're not the first person lately that I've like that's been like, yeah, I don't have my grave. And I'm like, what? It's like <laughs> the first thing we bought for this house. I'm like, we need my grave. I need it stat. Like, I don't have yes. patience. Anyway. Oh man, right before. No, I'm so yes. impatient. <laughs> but like, okay, sorry, very quick aside. Yes. Wayne mm. is very quick at learning for the most part. So I haven't really had my patience tested too much in terms of like having to show him things so many times for him to get it. Usually I can show him like a couple times, then it's like, okay, he's got it. We're good. 
this kid <laughs> does not understand how to use a straw and then is <laughs> driving me insane. Like my patience is so thin now. Every day I'm like, here, this is how you use a straw. And he's like, mm, I'm going to bite it. I'm like, oh. is he old enough to use a straw? Yeah. Like I'm trying to transition into a straw so that when he goes to daycare, then like he, because they say by 12 months, like you're supposed to kind of get them off the bottle. So I'm figuring if I get him comfortable using a straw, then he can drink his milk from a straw at, at daycare. But I'm like, I have six weeks to figure it out. I don't out. know any babies that use straws. That's wild. Really? I guess. Maybe I don't know a lot of babies thing. though. So whatever. This could just be something that's like, I feel like they're changing things all the time. So maybe this is like a, one of those things that's like yeah. a new suggestion. Maybe. But Probably. Like, yeah. Oh my God. My patience is so I don't thin. know when I learned how to use a straw. I don't know you? either for myself. No clue. I never I had tried... straws growing up. No, I honestly, he does way better. I've been teaching him how to drink out of an open cup. And yeah. he does so much better out of that. Like he's fine for the most then part like what's the problem he needs to learn how to use the straw why <laughs> because i'm insane okay <laughs> i'm gonna let you be insane and we're just i'm just gonna move on with the and episode we're just gonna keep going say, yes let's talk next scene is right so before good. our intro oh, walks so in to see howard apps and it's a very like Like it was like one of those westerns where like they're kind of facing off. So Booth is there oh. and Howard's there, and Howard looks good, actually. Like he looks fine. And Apps is uh oh hello oh, oh hi Agent Booth. Like he's being kind of you know menacing oh. as usual. He's so and cocky. Then, oh, and he's so disappointed that Brennan's not there. Oh yeah, and Booth is just like yeah what does he's he say like, to what him? took you so long oh yeah that's it right before in the intro howard says oh. hi agent booth like you're disappointed brenna's not here and what took you so long and it was like oh Bing! my god and then the intro and like we have our intro Okay. Did you notice? I don't know. I guess this was a directorial decision, but the very beginning of that scene, it's yeah. zoomed into something that says notice, do not give anything to inmates. Oh. But like why? I, anyway, we'll talk about it as the episode goes on. Why did they do that? I think it might have to do with I think it may come into play in a later scene. Okay, well, you bring it up because I didn't notice Maybe. that. Maybe I was typing my notes and I didn't notice the little details. So Maybe. I don't know. It's just something I was like, ooh, it's zoomed. I just wrote zoom. Zoomed. Yes. Anyway. So, okay. We have this just... beautiful scene. Let's talk oh, about sorry. this you, scene. You carry on. 
Well, because we're alone, what we would want to say. Yeah. No, I just what? wanted to say the very beginning of this, because I have it on my phone right now. Yeah. I did not realize how beautiful the scenery, like the scenery shots are in this episode. Oh, yeah. They show a um, beautiful shot. Of, oh, my uh, God. The, with the sun coming through the clouds of Washington. It's yes. really pretty. I noticed that, yes, too. That's what exactly. It's paused on there right now. I'm like, wow. Yeah. It's really nice. Yeah, anyway, really, nice. really beautiful. I noticed it. Interstitial okay. oh, sort of like nice. static shots. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So nice. Um, anyway, sorry. Take us away. What happens at okay. the prison? We're alone with Booth and Epps, and Booth wants to know who this victim is because he thinks that Epps, it's Epps' victim. So he shows Epps the reconstructed sort of image that Angela generated. And Epps doesn't want to help Booth at all unless Brennan is there. And he really wants him to bring Brennan. And he says something very cryptic. He's very cryptic. He's full of riddles. And he says, he claims that everything you need is in front of you. Everything is you need to solve this is right in front of you. Yeah. And then he mentions about how his wrist hurts because Brennan broke it and he does so much physio and it hurts all the time. And he says, you know, <laughs> oh my God, I rolled my eyes so hard. I thought they were going to get stuck in the back of my head during this scene. And he, basically he makes a says, masturbation joke. Yeah. He basically <laughs> says that, you know, he really, you know, he really needs his wrist because he jacks off all the time. I was just like, oh man, are oh, we really God. going there like right away? So he's basically making some kind of claim about how he masturbates constantly and uh yeah so we're kind of left there he's not willing to really say much more to booth at this point so the next scene we're back at the lab what what's interesting though is at the end of that scene he basically is like listen i'm not going to say anything when you're lady scientist so when brennan figures this out then sorry if that noise just got picked up on the um Oh, our dishwasher just made the weirdest noise. Anyway, he's saying like, next time bring Brennan. Yeah. Otherwise I'm not going to say anything. Yeah. And so that's his power move. But Booth's mm. power move back is next time that you see us. Yeah. Will be you getting a lethal injection. And I'm like thinking to myself, I'm like, Booth. Holy moly. Why are we saying stuff that obviously is not true? Like you're going to need him. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> Like, what is going on? Oh, no. Booth, anyway, sorry. Booth. So tough. So tough. So tough. And yet, mm. so not tough. So soft. Mm. Okay. We're back, at, back the lab. at the lab. And how we know that Howard Epps, who, by the way, Booth had called Howie in the last um, <laughs> scene. I thought that was interesting. Anyway, we know that he likes to play games. He said it, he's trying to, he often likes to play, like give riddles. And so they're thinking whatever he said must mean something. Mm -hmm. And so Booth and Brennan and Zach are, are looking at this body and they're kind of going through what was said. They talk about the chronic masturbation, um, which like people are kind of skirting around it, but Zach just kind of comes out and says that that's what it is anyway, but they're trying to figure out like what phrases did he use? What, what did he say? What were his actions? And they start to think, okay, he talked about his wrist so much. 
what if his wrist is a clue? Mm-hmm. So they look at his wrist. They look at the wrists, both wrists of the uh, victim, and they realize that the right hamate bone, which is a bone in the wrist, apparently, apparently, um, is completely. But while no, while they say that, there's a hamate bone, and Booth is like, he feigns in, he feigns all this interest where he stands up. He goes, "Oh, mm, yes, oh. hamate, mm, yes." <laughs> Oh, yes, the handmade bone. <laughs> I love it. Go on. It's so great. But they realized that this handmade bone, which I'm surprised that they didn't pick up on originally because they're very, they like to pay attention to detail. But anyway, mm-hmm. when they put this skeleton back together or whatever, they didn't realize that this particular handmade bone is a completely different color. The coloration is completely different than the rest of the bones. Different and it's size slightly too. greasy. And different, different size. size, different color slightly Mm -hmm. greasy like it's been treated with something Mm -hmm. um so the conclusion is there's another victim some somewhere out there or in my opinion someone missing an arm or a wrist (laughs) could be alive (laughs) but basically zach is saying zach ends up saying like howard epps wins this round because yeah Brennan has to go back in the room with him. Like, well, yeah, he she, says we have to go. Talk Epps to him. wins this round. Booth says, "What do you mean he wins this round?" And Brennan goes, "Because he gets what he wants. He gets to be in the room." Yeah. So, okay, quick story time. Okay, I grew when I was growing up. I had a dog named Jasper. <laughs> was it a golden retriever? It was not. It okay. was a Cavalier King Charles Spaniel. He was oh, is that cute. the one, the kind of dog your mom's like that your mom likes, eh? Yes. Oh, yeah. They've had three, four of them. They've had yeah. four of them. Yeah. So, in case you wanted to know, um, Booth asked if uh, Brennan had a pet pig, what would she name him? Mm-hmm. And the name is Jasper. She does not even flinch. Like, there is no pause. She looks mm-hmm. at him like it's an obvious answer. <laughs> like he I know, should he asked, already like, know it while they're trying to figure out this riddle that howard epps has set out yeah. for them booth is randomly asked so what would you call your pet pig if you had one and she <laughs> like like you said without even flinching jasper jasper like okay oh the hammy bone <laughs> <laughs> oh my god my elbows connected to my hammy bone the hammy bones connected to the phalanges <laughs> <laughs> the only bone you know it sounds fun you know sounds great i should <laughs> add that to wayne's um song time the handmade bone <laughs> oh yeah the yes. handmade bones connected to your wrist <laughs> <laughs> And then I'll point to the wrist. Anyway, it's, like okay. it's right here. <laughs> it's right in this one, I think. <laughs> can't drink from a straw. Knows what a handmade bone exactly. is. I can't figure it out. <laughs> He's ten and a half months and can stand on his own, but can't drink uh, from a straw. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Anyway, we're fine. Everything's fine. He's going to listen to this maybe one day and he's going to be like, mom, it's so embarrassing. <laughs> hey, I'll, I'll text you and let you know when that happens. Anyway, right. Sounds good. We, we end up back at the prison. Do you want to take us away? Sure. So the next thing we have Booth and Brennan, they go to visit Epps. They arrive when Epps is having a little visit with a woman that Booth tells Brennan is his wife named Caroline. 
Caroline got married. She took his last name. She took his last name, first of all. Second, they got married four months ago. And Booth, (sighs) Brennan starts this whole hilarious thing where she just completely confounded. She doesn't understand how a woman would even consider marrying a guy like this. She the the wife leaves the room and comes out and Booth and Brennan run into each other, which I'm just going to say right now, this would never happen in a thousand million billion years. There are so many layers of security that she would have to go through. Like, it's not like she would just be they they would have timed this completely differently. They would be scheduled. Exactly. So she comes out of the, the room from visiting her husband and booth introduces her to brennan and brennan is basically calling carolyn crazy to her face like she's like well obviously you're crazy you married a crazy monster and booth is being very charming and brennan's like why are you being nice to her like this is weird she's fucking crazy (laughs) and she's and even the even caroline is picking up on it caroline is like i'm not one Mm. of those crazy women that just like marries serial killers and it's like that's what they all but say. You are. <laughs> That's, That's exactly what you are, actually. <laughs> That's what Brennan's like. Actually, you are crazy. You are one of those crazy women that married a serial yeah. killer. Like, it's That's exactly quitting. it. Yeah. Also, okay, kind of creepy, but Howard Epps is way better looking this season. I agree. That's what I meant earlier when I was saying, like, he looks good. Like, he looks yeah. healthy. Because the actor himself, I believe he's no longer with us. He he was a person who struggled with a lot of addiction issues, I believe. I'm going to double check that. Oh, I didn't I know that. Yeah. And uh, he looks very healthy in this particular Yeah, uh, he scene. looks great. Yeah, I thought I, I had, I, at first I thought it was a different actor, to be honest. Yes, yes. I but hear I hear what you're saying. We find out that Bones was that Booth, sorry, was was actually just being nice to her, not because he actually wanted to be nice to her, but because he was thinking that maybe they would need her in the future, the wife. Right. I'm kind of skipping no, topics, but skip away. That's why Yeah, that's why he's being so nice. But realistically, she crazy. <laughs> and yeah he died november 14th 2021 that is sad it is sad that's why i was looking i was just looking this up how are you so fast at that i just was curious his name was heath freeman um and i read some things about him like last season when he was on yeah but he just he did he was quite young when he died so yeah i was sad. gonna say he's very young in this episode he was 40 something when he died. So it's very tragic. Wow. Very tragic. Yeah, that is really tragic. Tragic. really tragic. R.I.P. R.I.P. Our friend. R.I.P. Mm. Um, okay. Well, we end up back at the lab. No, we haven't had our visit with Howard yet. Oh, Basically, my God. Yes. Uh, Brennan uh, Booth says they need the wife fine. So Epps is really excited to see Brennan. Booth tries to like he starts insulting brennan and talk being very misogynistic towards brennan in an effort to bond with epps yeah epps picks up on it immediately he reads right through booth and he like it's very menacing again and looks at booth like this is a very pathetic attempt at uh bonding with me and then the issue is of course like and then the the main thing that comes up is the smell of disinfectant. Howard starts like sniffing the air, like, "Can you smell this antiseptic 
you know, he talks about how his mother used to wash their hands and stuff in ammonia and how he wished he'd killed her when he had the chance, basically. It was so creepy. Yeah, really, really creepy. I agree. And if I were not, like, we find out later that this was part of this game, Mm -hmm. that this is another clue, but I would not have clued into that personally. I would have just been like, that's really creepy that you said that. Mm -hmm. And also, it's another situation where the mother is always blamed, always blamed for serial killers being who they are. (laughs) It's kind of true. Every episode, it's never like my father. It's like, no, it's always the mother. (laughs) My mother was a bitch. That's why. That's why I kill women. She was a blonde. It's like, okay. Okay, honey. (laughs) That's great. We're back in that room that has all like the bone i like this room it's not mm-hmm. on the platform no i call it the bone the records room the yes, bone room. room thank you i call it the bone room but whatever <laughs> no i like the bone room way better than what i said mm-hmm. um and brennan is looking pretty carefully at the bones booth is kind of pacing because he's thinking that she's upset with him mm-hmm. um for being for acting misogynistic like you had said and she just thinks that Epps now thinks that he's an idiot. So she doesn't really seem to care. Mm-hmm. But Zach comes in and they start talking about the game, like trying to figure out. And then Hodgins comes in, but they're trying to figure out, okay, the antiseptic, what could be the clue? Well, before like, to trying to before figure out the clue. that, though, Zach says to Brennan that basically Booth did that on purpose. He pretended to bond with Epps so that Epps would think that Booth was stupid. And it was like all part of this manipulative sort of way of playing mind games with Epps that they wanted Booth to look dumb. That was the whole point. You I did that not write part that of the down conversation? and I don't even remember. No. Yeah, it was part <laughs> of their gameplay. It's good that you mentioned that. <laughs> and the issue was like Booth was feeling very chuffed and proud of himself for like doing it because he was yeah. trying, like getting in on the game and then brennan puts the kibosh on it and says okay don't enjoy this the only reason i'm even interacting with apps is because i want to find out the identity of this woman that's on my table right now like i don't this is not fun for me you know yeah and booth's reaction to that which is why i was so grateful that this episode wasn't crap like with their relationship because he did like he kind of took a step back and he went you're right like you're absolutely right like he was very humbled by that and he listened to her and i just was like thank god (laughs) thank god yeah the first two episodes of the season were a disaster for the relationship i found last episode it started to get better and this episode was even better yes like you said thank god because this episode i find this show yeah we need to yeah move on but sorry i was just i wanted to mention that because i like that no it's great yeah hodgins comes in after zach says the things that i didn't even notice him saying because i'm a great podcaster over here and (laughs) (laughs) oops and um he's talking about the traces that he found on the bone on the handmade bone that they had found separate. So 
what's most interesting is that there's some sort of laxative on the bone, but Hodgins is also asking, like, because he has no explanation for that. He's asking them, what did he say? Mm-hmm. And he mentioned, like you said, his mother was a germaphobe that she scrubbed her hands with ammonia and yeah. uh, like Hodgins lights up and is like ammonia. Like you should have mentioned this earlier, like, and yeah. just stands up and gets going, leaves yes. the room like in an excited rush. Right. <laughs> and, and poor Booth is like Ammo- ammonia. Yeah. Th- he doesn't know what the hell's happening and neither do I. So that's, I fine. don't know I'm either. So I'm, I'm with, with Booth on this. I'm with Booth. But the other thing that Brennan mentions is the previous victim that they found they hadn't identified or this, the woman they hadn't identified apologies. Uh, she suggests Zach that they look into junior golf leagues, like golf players, because it looks like she's been yeah. playing a long, long time to have the wear and tear she had. And then what was it? Yes, I didn't. Uh, what I, I just, I apologize. We will move on. I'm just grateful. No, no. Tell me. I was grateful that they called the person a young woman. I just appreciated that. Because I don't know why, maybe it's my old fashioned self that they weren't calling her a girl all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I just thought that was. was No, it is good. I find. Yeah. You're I never really thought about that. But a lot of the time they say girl, unless the woman is like. Elderly. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like girl, girl, girl. Well, obviously Mm -hmm. she's a young woman Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. from what they've decided from what they figured out. But anyway. Mm-hmm. That is a good, very good point. Thank you for raising that point. It's <laughs> that's excellent. Just a, that's my little aside. I missed like half of that scene in my notes. So <laughs> I'm just gonna. Whatever. What happens oh. next? We go to the experimentation. <laughs> what happens next? We're going from oh, the, this is so uh, awesome. The the platform to the autopsy room to the bone room to the experimentation. We're, room. We're all, all over the place, the place here. Yeah, and this is such a change from the Uh, episode where they basically uh, took spam where they almost got fired (laughs) where they almost got fired so they they want to do an experiment they want to they we don't really need to talk about it but at the beginning of the scene they they're talking about how booth wants to buy brennan a pet pig but that's fine anyway while they're doing that Hodgins is putting this little bone into this box that's mm-hmm. lit up a purple color. And they're going to try to apply some stuff to this handmade bone to figure out some stuff on it. So they want to expose um, the bone to ammonia gas. Right. I would never have thought to do this. I'm not a scientist, though, so it's so cool. Anyway, Cam comes in. And she's like, are you serious? Like, you want to expose this crucial piece of evidence, the only piece of evidence we have from this other body to this gas. You're absolutely, you're not doing it. And yet, somehow, they get her to come around to the idea. Yeah, they convince her. I don't know how. Honestly, I kind of lost the plot there on that one. But I know that like it was something about she didn't want them to expose the bone to any of this gas because it was mm-hmm. going to ruin the bone itself. And I didn't really look up like the effects of ammonia gas on things, but I think it's pretty awful. And it would probably, I think it just damages the bone and probably oh for sure 
does all kinds of things. It. Yeah. And they could probably not use it for evidence, but their point was Epps planted this evidence on the body. Yeah. So why would he want them to destroy that evidence? That was their rationale. And she seemed to run with that. Yeah. I they was did not this... following, but that's fine. Anyway. No, yes, but I hear, I what. know what they were having the discussion. Like, okay, why did he do this? Did he do it because he wants us to destroy it? Or does he want to like, want us to find out what's on that? Like they're trying to like figure out the game. They're always trying yeah. to figure out the game. Always trying to figure out his angle, the game that he's playing because he is big into riddles and games which is makes for a really really fun episode and oh man does he leave a fun clue so they put the ammonia gas on the bone and up pops what looks like it looks like two axes and an x right and hodgins i've missed this side of him he we forgot for well i forgot for a little second that he is very into conspiracy theories so mm-hmm. the second he sees this he's like it's a freemason symbol it explains everything why was she buried face down that explains everything everything's coming together <laughs> he's a, he's the eps is in the top level of the illuminati <laughs> and zach and cam are like okay calm down it's a cartog- cartographic is that how you say it I don't a know. symbol for a mine so yes. It's actually just a clue that the second victim is in a mine. Right. And then Hodgins is like, oh, yeah. But I just oh, want you to know okay. in my notes, I messed up and I typed it. Instead of writing Hodgins, which I always capitalize, I wrote Gaudgins with a G. And <laughs> I think that's really funny. And I might I call, him, call him Gaudgins. I might call him Gaudgins from now on. I don't know. It made me laugh. I was that like, Gaudgins. Like is he a hobbit? <laughs> Gaudgy is the hobbit from the Shire. Hi, Gaudgy. Gaudgy. That's gonna be that's gonna be uh, Angela's next nickname. Next nickname for him. They they're able to because of Hodgins <laughs> switching gears here, but because of okay. Hodgins' hard work, yes. um, that he's done on this bone, they're able to figure out the mining site fairly easily because they know they're looking for a mine and they know that it has to contain gypsum and selenium. So yeah, I'm assuming that there are not too many. I don't know. They're lucky, I guess. I guess so that it's not like <laughs> we're mining for diamonds. I don't know. Or I don't know something. I just think like less rare. gypsum, gypsum mines are pretty common and it's like, okay, I guess oh. there's only one, <laughs> just one in all of Washington, DC. It's okay. Who cares? It's fine. We're, it's great. Everything's fine. Everything's uh, fine. This, oh my God, this scene killed me because Booth comes in. To, so they, Booth and Brennan are now switch gears. We're at a mining site. Mm-hmm. They're looking for a stone cross. We, they think, um, because Epps had mentioned something about that. And this was the only abandoned gypsum mine within his killing ground that also contains selenium. So that's why they're able to look at this one place. Right. This seems like a fairly big place. Like Booth is walking in here. He's like, there's six entrances, hundreds of shafts. This place is huge. Half of it's flooded. You got to follow my lead. Okay, Brennan, watch yourself. Like it starts kind of 
yelling out. He starts bossing people around and telling them, <laughs> yeah. okay, people, get your shit do together. This. We need this and we need to go over here and do that. And it's spelunking or he mispronounces yeah. spelunking and spelunking. Brennan corrects him. And then Brennan keeps tapping him on the shoulder and he's like, Stop. what? What do you want? And he's like yelling and screaming, bossing everybody around. And she keeps tapping him on the shoulder like, hello. And he goes, what? What? She signs a light down this... Uh, what do you call that? Like a mine shaft? Like a yeah. pathway? It seems, yeah, it seems kind of low down, mm. though. Yeah. This area that is directly beside them when they walk into this shaft. No one? There's so <laughs> many people here. The whole FBI showed up, and they haven't found this? It, the one thing that's, like, literally <laughs> right there. So Booth is like, oh, Okay, I guess we don't need to be yelling out all these instructions. And sure enough, um, what they find? They find a skeleton. And well, they this find skeleton, a big pile of rocks, right? In the shape pile of a of rocks, cross. In the shape of a cross, like he had mentioned, like Epps had mentioned, they would find. Yeah. And they take off the, the Booth helps her helps Brennan remove these stones. And they do find a body. The problem is Epps has been in prison for seven years and this body has not been there for more than a week. Right. So then Booth is pretty convinced because of this that Epps has someone like an accomplice working for him, like killing people on the outside. Not good. Not good at all. It seems like a. I love this episode. So I'm not saying this in any way to put this episode down, but this seems like a semi- common um trope storyline yeah yeah for like criminal minds like all those all these types of shows i i would like to know if there has ever been a serial killer in history who had a copycat like i mean there are copycats yes but accomplice on accomplice yeah someone telling them he was saying during that first visit when he was making his masturbation jokes he was saying that he's in isolation 23 hours a day so anyway we'll find out how it happens but like how does he have an accomplice mm-hmm. so well anyway letters we'll I discuss guess. yeah okay so now we're, we're back we're back at the lab now we're in the autopsy room with cam yeah, Brennan and Cam are together working on this fresh, fresh-ish uh, set of remains. This corpse. What yeah. do you call it? Cam is doing the actual examination. Brennan's making notes in her dictaphone type thing. It really bugs me that Cam doesn't wear a mask or like a pro- any kind of protective yeah. stuff over her face. I, As a coroner, yeah. Especially when she's drilling into things. Like, wouldn't they have one of those plastic shields or something? Yeah, you would think. But it would ruin her makeup and her nice bangs. Well, so that's what I think. It's basically a <laughs> choice because they don't want to mess up her face, right? So yeah. um, they decide the victim is obviously, it's female. She's young. And Brennan thinks her injuries mean she was hung upside yeah. down before she died. And then Cam shows her a Catholic medallion that was stuffed into the victim's shoe. And then Angela shows up with her 
the person's identity based on their dental records, and it's revealed that the victim's name is Sarah Koskoff, I think is the name. Yep. And Disappeared yeah. three weeks ago, and she's only 16 years old. Oh, my God. What a tragedy. Which is awful. What a tragedy. Um, she is blonde, so she fits his profile, young mm-hmm. young blonde woman. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just devastating like this it's really sad to to see um oh god it's a terrible thing yeah terrible to see what especially when there's all these episodes where there's kids oh and it's just awful but i don't know everyone's appetite for that back i don't know everyone wants to see i don't know it's weird it is weird but this is the first time we've seen booth and or brennan and cam together alone since the mm. end of the last episode right and they're working really really well with each other yeah they're working really well they're talking off each other they're sharing ideas yeah they're not just talking about the body they're trying to figure out like how does how do they communicate because Epps has been in prison for the last seven years his right. last killing was nine years ago yeah now they have this other girl that died a week ago so how do they communicate like and they're and brennan is thinking maybe it's maybe the wife is involved here right she's the only person that would be able to to communicate right so we have uh the next scene we have brennan answering the phone and she's brennan's at the lab booth is in his car and he's telling brennan that basically Apparently, this victim, Sarah Kopskoff, worked at Caroline Epps' salon. Yep. Which is absolutely wild. So, Ruth is on his way over to the salon to talk to her. Okay. Am I correct? What? do you? Yes. What? Did I say something wrong? No, you're good. <laughs> I just got a SOS message from my sister, but it was sorry it just popped up i got distracted. what's wrong is she okay she's fine she just wants for some reason she just sent a shopping verification code to my phone she needs it <laughs> you're oh, doing did, great kelly did I you send got her distracted the, did you send i've not sent her anything i just saw i just saw it cut this part out so she doesn't see i will respond <laughs> oh my god she'll get it in a bit but no you're you're 100 right it's it is at this point i'm thinking caroline epps is definitely involved really oh yeah at this point i'm I like never ever ever thought she was really no i guess you know what though something that in hindsight maybe i shouldn't have thought that because there is this there is a flashback or this video footage of someone being hung upside down and tortured like how is scene. caroline apps gonna do that that's exactly like she's a little she's a little tiny woman. mousy yeah. speaking of mousy uh booth goes to her salon caroline's very upset by this whole line of questioning she can't believe that howard would have anything to do with her death and uh basically booth wants to issue her a warrant to search her premises and her her home and the salon and she's like, go ahead. Like, you don't even need a warrant because I don't, yeah. I, there's nothing here. And I just want to say that for a woman who owns a hair salon, her hair really needs some help. <laughs> that sometimes happens though. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, look at my dirty house, right? <laughs> 
I filed my taxes late this year. I'm an accountant. <laughs> I haven't filed mine at all. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> we'll cut this out. Yeah. Um, yeah, she, it blows my mind that she's surprised that Carol, that um, Epps could have been involved in the murder of another person. Like. She's so blinded. She's so blinded. She is completely shocked that this well, she's girl been, who. Like, Howard Epps is a sociopath. He's going to charm somebody and he's yeah. going to psychologically mess her up and make her believe anything, especially if she's vulnerable and lonely yeah. and desperate and all those things. Yeah. Oh, I just, you know, it just doesn't make any sense to me. It's like when you see these mothers on the news where they're like, my boy was a good boy. And they just like shot up a whole school or something. It's like, no. <laughs> yeah like do you not have any indication like, yeah no not at all there was no really? no clues at all did you ever see the movie there's something we have to talk about kevin yes you did see that i did see that movie okay that's a really sad movie actually it's interesting because you don't see that it's like yeah listen tilda swinton she's a queen she's tilda a queen swinton. she played the mother she's uh She's been in so many things. Oh, yes. I do like her. Did you just oh, look her wonderful. up? I did. Yes. I Googled Tilda. her. You don't call her Tilda, though. You call her Swinton. That's her name. Swinton. Okay. Swinton. Queen Swinton. Okay. She's Fair. amazing. Anyway. Well. We? We're back the at next... the Jeffersonian. And Booth and we are... are. Oh, no. We're back at the. Aren't we at Booth's office? No, it was somewhere. I thought they were back at the Jeffersonian Booth. And oh, no, were... I skipped ahead. Yes, I scrolled down too far. They're back right. at the Jeffersonian, yes. And Booth is now coming to the realization that once he sees this medallion, he sees this religious medal that's handed to him by Brennan that mm -hmm. was found on Sarah's, Sarah Koskov. Yes. And he's realizing because he knows exactly what this medallion is. Um, apparently, it's a, a saint. Yes. Saint Agnes, saint. patron saint of young women which is weird a b yeah. he knows what high school it's from yeah that's weird that is kind of weird he maybe... did not grow up in washington true maybe he's had other um greg grew up in toronto he knows all the schools he knows where yeah. all the schools are everything booth did not grow up in washington isn't he from la or something the character i can't remember because i know he was on the police force in los angeles wasn't he that's part remember. of his backstory i thought and he was Maybe. in the army yes definitely how would army. he know about this girl's catholic school yeah it's not like it's a school that he'd be looking into for his son and like you know do know. you know are you do you know the high schools in toronto do you know uh, Senator O'Connor, do you know St. Joe's? I know that one. You know, you know St. Joe's? St. Joe's I know too, but only because I went to school by there. Only those two. Those are the two mm -hmm. examples you gave me that I do know. But Senator and Senator O'Connor is literally up the street from here. It's also a big school, so. And a huge school. Yeah. But poor, but okay. Anyway, sorry. But maybe there was a case. No, no, maybe there was a case he was on or maybe. something. We're going to give him the benefit of the doubt. He's not. All right. Afraid. Fine. But. He realizes that the only way that he's going to be able to get more information is if he talks to the nuns or a nun at this school. 
Well, the big thing in the scene before it ends is that he realizes that medal did not belong to Sarah. It yes. belongs to somebody else, which means there's quite possibly another victim out there. Yes, exactly. Because Sarah I, went to public school. She didn't go to yes. Catholic school. Yeah. Yeah. That is an extreme. That's the main purpose of this whole scene. Yeah. Not just that he is not a practicing Catholic. Details. <laughs> details. 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 So we do end up in now we're back at the FBI. Yes. And we're we have Boo sitting down with this very nice list looking um looking nun named Sister Dunn. Uh-huh. She just looks so sweet. This this woman, she just looks so so she's so sweet, so little and sweet. Anyway, she is um Booth is kind of on the offensive a little bit here. I got the impression kind of like he's really trying to please this this nun. Hmm. And he is asking, he shows some pictures, or he tells the name of the people that, that they're looking for, Sarah Koskov. Do you know this girl? Do you know anyone that's friends with her? And apparently they had done something called a telephone tree, which I thought was really cool, where they basically get a bunch of people to call and then call other people and then call those people and call other people. I've never heard of this before. It's I thought. Oh my god, you're so. <laughs> it was so cool. Anyway, um, she doesn't recognize the name Howard Epps. She doesn't recognize the name Caroline Epps. Um, none of these or Caroline Epps's maiden name. None of these things. So she does want to go on to the. She doesn't recognize them, but she's thinking maybe one of these names is in our system. So I'm gonna borrow your computer. I'm gonna log in. Then I'm gonna look online. Ultimately, she can't help from the computer however mm. she takes a look at the metal mm -hmm. and she knows exactly who it belongs to immediately the mm -hmm. second that she sees it um it belonged to a girl named helen majors and it was given to her um very very recently yeah they, they said like a week ago or something for some holy spirit award that she won and Helen Majors has not been seen since she left school three days ago. So this three is days not looking good. Yes. No. Right. I so, don't know why she wouldn't mention that right away. Like they have a Because he didn't girl. show her the medal. She didn't understand why she was there. She didn't know why True. he was asking her these questions. And then she finally comes out and says, like, why am I here? What's happening? So he shows her the medal. Then she knows whose it is. Yeah. So it's Booth's fault for burying the lead. Yes. <clears throat> I think that he wasn't really on his A game, like in terms of like I he feel was like nervous. Normally, he's talking he was to so a nun. nervous <laughs> talking to a nun, and I kind of got the impression that like maybe he doesn't always go to church. <laughs> well, he was saying so he's like I, uh, uh, I still go to mass on Sundays, like not every Sunday, but you know I do my best. Anyway, so they best. got this information. Holy shit, they got a name. Great. Next scene, we got Booth and Brennan in the car. Brennan is wearing the worst sunglasses again. The, I hate these sunglasses so much. They look like something like Jack Nicholson would wear to a Knicks They're not game. good. Like black, dark, heavy black frames and orange lenses, your favorite. So, My fave. They look like <laughs> something you would find at like the dollar store. Not putting <laughs> like, down dollar store sunglasses. Like, but what were those good. called? Those blockers those uv blockers they sold on infomercials late at night oh my god that you put over your glasses yeah it's so funny anyway brendan thinks that helen majors might still be alive that she could be 
being held somewhere. Yeah. And Booth gets a call on his little walkie-talkie thingy uh, with the name of a possible suspect, and they end up at an address that's an empty lot. So all these like law enforcement people show up, and it's like a completely empty lot. So they got fooled again. Yeah. So because of this, they have to go visit Epps again. Like they have to keep going back to him because he's playing these bloody mind games. So what happens happens with Epps? I'm just scrolling in my notes. They end up at that empty lot. Yes. He's all frustrated. Yes. I'm going, so, I'm going, I'm going. It's okay. So Booth and Brennan end up visiting Epps again. He tells them that he's going to be a father and he's really excited to masturbate and fantasize about Ugh. Brennan, which is really gross. It's awful. So, so Booth gross. gets she's really mad at him. Out. Well, she's disgusted, but she doesn't react. Like, she's very calm. And Booth is not calm. He gets really mad and slams Epps' head against the table. And uh, Booth, Brennan's like, let him go. Like, he had it coming. To, you have to let him go. And then uh, fucking Epps, he starts talking German to them. He says something German to them. Did you write it down? or? I didn't write it down. And, oh, okay. But didn't it, it seem like Brennan did understand what he was saying, though? But Booth had no idea what was going on. Of course on. she did. Jesus. Like, so then, I'm, I'm getting the impression that this is another clue because he's saying, oh, I'm slightly dyslexic. I must have written the address wrong. Yeah. Like, okay, nice try. And then he says something German, which is another cryptic bullshit riddle. Yes. And then Brennan tells Booth to leave the room because he's too hyped up. So Brennan tries to appeal to Epps on some level by saying that the victims are being tortured and Epps is not a torturer. Yeah. And he's, he tells, and then Epps basically kind of smirks at her and goes, oh, well, you better run along. You don't have much time, you know? Yeah. So then Brennan does this hilarious thing where she she hooks her foot around his shackles underneath the table and yanks them with her leg. And so his he gets slammed against the table again. And she goes, oh, sorry. And then she left. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, really, like, kicks her leg. Like, it's obviously very purposeful. So funny. Except he kind of smirks, like he seems oh, he to like it, it a little bit, he which is so it. gross. Which is maddening. Ugh. It's like you can't, you can't win with this guy. You can't win with a sociopath. You just can't. Okay, that all this being said, yes. So that other victim, she disappeared three weeks ago, and then was Who? just found. Sarah, the, the the first girl, Sarah, Sarah, disappeared three weeks ago. They estimated she was killed about a week ago. So she was alive for two weeks. This girl disappeared three days ago. Right. But they think she's going to die in the next 24 hours. Why Why the difference in time? I just thought it was interesting that they... I think maybe that's why they think she's still alive. But why do they think that she's going to die like two seconds from now? It's a good question. I think it's just the clock is ticking the race yeah, is on they, well they, they don't want her to be tortured anymore even if she well is it's alive. the torturing exactly plus yeah when killers they go they go through these phases where they escalate and they kind of there's this point where they they call it berserking where they they just all bets are off and they kill 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 so yeah who knows true true Okay. Mm -hmm. Anyway, excellent point. We're now back with Angela and oh my God, 
could she be helpful? I, what do you mean? I think she's actually really great in this scene. Listen. There was like, there was no sweetie. Yes, there was. No, there wasn't. Yes, there was. Was there? Yes, one sweetie. No, but I got no sweetie. There was one sweetie. She did say sweetie. I'll prove it to you. Regardless. Okay, I believe you. Brennan is trying to pick Angela's brain to ask her about it's kind of insulting <laughs> manipulative men because apparently yeah. Angela's been with a lot of manipulative men, and this is just a funny line. I have two things to say, and then I'll let you you talk no, no, about go. this. I love this line. Angela says, "Okay, listen, like you can't compare Howard Apps, like a serial psycho killer, to." like a loser who's trying to borrow money from me to buy a jet ski yeah. or co-sign on a loan to buy a jet ski because like they're two totally different type of manipulative yeah. people but the other thing is uh hello michael styers manipulate much like brennan has no insight at all into manipulative men yeah i think that she goes to Angela because I think she has nowhere else to go to ask these questions, but it's a little insulting. A little bit. Like poor Angela. I just like that. Basically the advice, Angela's advice ends in very good. Like you just need to find Helen. If you can find Helen and keep her from getting killed, then Epps won't get a jet ski out of you. (laughs) (laughs) Like then you've won. Like he, you'll have the upper hand and be done with him. I, well, the I thought thing that happened I thought she was this, great. I thought, listen, this was a very strong Angela episode and it, she came in really strong at the end. And like, she starts here where she's, I like how she set this boundary with Brennan too, where she said that basically she said, Howard Epps is treating you like a boyfriend. He's trying to make you feel bad about yourself and trying yeah. to make you hate yourself. And he's doing that by making you question, you know, what you're doing and your expertise and, you know, and making you be ups- like upset about the the situation and the victims and all the people affected by it. He's like, he's driving you crazy with this stuff. And then uh, Brennan says, oh, my God, Angela, like, what kind of men have you been with that have made you hate yourself, right? And then Angela puts the kibosh on that. She's like, let's uh, focus on what we're, what you're talking about right now. Like, we're not getting into. No, we don't need to talk about that. My choices and my love life, you know, it's. And we can talk about this at the end. It's very interesting. (laughs) I, I see it with very different lenses now that you have planted the seed in my mind (laughs) ah i'm so happy i just like that angela (laughs) set this boundary and then that's when yeah yeah second season angela Mm. is killing first season angela first season angela (laughs) we're both like oh my lord this girl needs a reality check and like what is her mm. job? Like she's actually working now. I know. Like during that conversation, she was placing markers on a skull. Yeah. She was like, like working on a skull. Multitasking. Yeah. Not just chatting about going to the club. Yeah. Could she be happily in a relationship? Okay. 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 I'm too much. Okay. So 
let's talk about the fact that now we're back at, well, we're back at the lab. We're still, we were always in the lab, but now mm. we're in a different spot. So Brennan is trying to get to, is walking around. She does this. There's always every so often there's a scene like this where she's walking with a folder. She's walking on looking at evidence or whatever. And other people are walking around regardless. Caroline Epps could not have been involved in the murder. Well, cause yeah, Booth shows up and tells her that yes. she wasn't his accomplice. Can't be because she was working when Helen mm. Majors was kidnapped. Mm. They're going over. Oh, here, this is where I wrote it down. Alter Freund meet Alchem Gesbach. Wow. For Bra- those Brittany. that Brittany. I killed that German. Brittany. Thank you. Anyway, it means old friend with similar tastes. Okay. So it's not like they're telling, it's not like Epps is giving the name of the accomplice. Like it, it's some sort of clue, I guess. Mm. Brennan goes off at one point about how she cannot believe that Epps is even wanting to have, or that Caroline is even wanting to have a kid mm. with Epps. And even after they think that, she, even after they just had that conversation with her at the hair salon, she mm. still is getting approved to have a baby with this dude. Mm. Anyway, she goes on to anyway, she goes on to just basically lose it. But Hodgins comes in and he talks to them about how he found traces of ethylene oxide mm-hmm. and high levels of an antibacterial agent on Sarah's ankles. Mm-hmm. And then there was some residue that was found from like what's inside a latex glove. Mm-hmm. Um so they're getting the impression that this could be someone whoever killed or dropped the body would be like an airport screener cop prison guard they Mm -hmm. have a couple ideas but then zach comes in and they find out that this junior golfer or that young woman that died by epps several years ago her name is lauren hathaway Mm-hmm. there's a lot going on in this episode listen in this scene this scene is crazy i just wrote down that a bunch of shit happens yeah zach shows up with a picture of the woman's identity that they found in the woods and says it's this girl and they're trying to talk booth gets on the horn he starts yelling about uh, somebody at the fbi trying to get some information on somebody named reiner blah blah yeah. blah and then there's all this information being thrown at us. And I know it's on purpose. I know it's supposed yeah. to confuse us. And People all coming in and out. In and out. And then Zach goes, finally, there's a break in the action. He says, so this woman, what's her name? Hathaway? Um, her father. Yes. Yeah, More her Hathaway. father's in Brennan's office. So Brennan was like, shit, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't talk to this guy. Yeah, I can't do so this right now. She asks Booth if he can bring Angela with him to break the news. Which I thought was really interesting. At first, he wants Brennan to come. Yeah. But, like, yeah. I don't know. I found that that... I don't... Can she not do it because she feels immense guilt? No, because she's getting too attached to this case like she's getting a little too involved and everyone's telling her to detach angela's telling her to detach booth is telling her to detach because apps is playing games and he's trying to get her worked up yeah and they don't want her to be so booth 
Booth says, okay, brings Angela with him to talk to the father. We learn this very sad story. We meet the father. And I'm sorry, but Angela is a perfect person for this. And I'm glad they're giving Michaela more scenes. Michaela Collins getting more scenes. She's getting better better stuff she's getting better stuff so i'm grateful that that's happening for her because yeah. i was just tired of the dumb ditzy artsy well, fartsy flaky this is girl. such this is a huge change like she's huge. actually being useful in so yes. many different ways yes and taking her job seriously and showing empathy like if there's just this is a humongous change huge from the first season where she was dating all these floozies and maybe now she's with someone who like makes her whole anyway i'm moving on mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> kelly's yes, gonna please. murder me before the end please, of this uh <laughs> move on move on move on move on move regardless, on regardless they talked to the father apparently the mother died five years after the daughter disappeared and he was glad that she wasn't allowed to find out about this they show yeah. the father a photo a current photo of apps he's like doesn't recognize him so then angela has all these sketches where they sort of de-aged him and gave him different facial hair and stuff and she shows him a bunch of sketches that might look like apps from 10 years ago the father recognizes him in yeah. one of the sketches and he appears like it looks like he's about to cry at one point because he cannot understand he gave like he apps had made the com made some weird comment to them about how she how lauren looked just like his mother when she was young and he mm. thought that that was a weird comment and he mentioned it to the police when she disappeared, but yeah. they never arrested him. They didn't even question him. No. So he was really upset about that. Yeah. So it was pretty I, interesting because it was, had worked at the golf course where uh, yeah. Laura had played. So they were members of this golf club, I guess, and that's where Epps worked. So that's how he knows him. So after the scene, it's interesting, and I think this might be something. I don't know if this happens, but I'm thinking it might be a new thing that Angela might be doing. From okay. like it might be another uh, added to her job description because he approaches Booth approaches Cam after this uh, interaction with the father, and he asks Cam if it might be possible that Angela could interview uh caroline epps to get some insight into or try to get some information from her about how epps is communicating with this uh accomplice and cam's like no she's an artist she she does reconstruction she's a 3d artist she's not her job she's not her job but i don't know how how does booth convince her oh he he makes the comment yeah (laughs) he says well she's better with she says unlike you and bones angela yeah. is better with the living than she is with the dead yeah and cam is like okay fair <laughs> like go tell her what you volunteered her for because you're asking me to allow yeah. this but you haven't even talked to angela what yeah. i find interesting and in the third season we get a new character that kind of takes this role on mm-hmm. but we will He's my favorite character in this entire Let's series. Let's just uh, we'll not there. do any presumptuous but spoiling. No, okay? no presumptuous spoiling. But I find it interesting that there is no one. Like, does the FBI not have some sort of yeah. psychologist or someone who will be good at yeah. having these conversations? Mm-hmm. 
Like, I don't, I don't know why they're leaving it up to the Jeffersonian, which is a science institution. Not just that, be but having these conversations. Yeah, it's, it's very odd, I think. Also very odd that Angela, in this next scene, decides to meet Caroline Epps at the Royal Diner. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess that this is somewhere where she's supposed to, It's maybe it's supposed to be like a bit more of a comfortable place. Angela does incredible with her. She Ugh. really walks the fine line with this woman. Yeah. She points out to her Epps likes blonde women. You're not blonde. Mm-hmm. Like how I I don't doubt that you love him very much, but how mm-hmm. could you overlook mm-hmm. everything that he's done in the past mm-hmm. and like all these horrific things? Mm-hmm. And so she does. She empathizes with her, get and gets her comfortable, and then Caroline kind of starts talking. Mm-hmm. And he does ask for magazines and DVDs. Mm-hmm. I don't know how he would. That's where I was saying, don't give things to the to inmates that oh, very okay. first. But I guess maybe your wife is allowed to bring things. I don't know. I thought that yeah. was kind of odd. Yeah. Anyway, so that's what he's doing for 23 hours a day and why the wrist hurts. Gross. And we also find out, more importantly, mm-hmm. that he wanted her to pass a message on. Mm-hmm. And the message was, don't you miss them. Mm-hmm. And the message was given to a gentleman named Henry Gerber that Mm -hmm. Howard had known from prison Mm -hmm. and they called him the mad German. So at this point, it would appear that five days ago when she delivered the message, everything is kind of coming together because this would have been right before um, Helen Majors was kidnapped. So... This is very interesting. This could be the guy. These scenes are all very. There's a lot of quick things. A lot of things happen. It comes together very quickly. It it does all come together quickly. You kind of yeah. It's hard. It it was hard to follow along at some points, but overall, it's still a very good episode. The whole yeah, the whole deciphering the riddles in the game and everything I found very complicated. And maybe I'm just dumb. I don't know. But regardless, uh, this message was delivered to Henry Gerber. Next scene, we have Booth and Brennan bursting into Henry Gerber's apartment. He's sitting there watching porn all alone in his apartment. And it's... Oh, my God. discover that he's in a wheelchair, that he doesn't have mobility. Uh, I don't know if that's right to say he's... Whatever. He's in a wheelchair. He doesn't have the use of his legs. Yeah. And basically, Brennan says, I don't think a person in a wheelchair would be capable of kidnapping and murdering and torturing these women. Like, it's not even possible. I feel like this was a test of Caroline Epps by Howard to see if... If she would do something. If she would mention this. Also, don't, don't you miss them? Apparently, the whole reason that this guy is in a wheelchair is because... Epps had stabbed him. Right. And he got paralyzed from the waist down because of it. Yeah. Like just God. before he was paroled. Right before he was released. Terrible. Like, but also, how was he released? I thought that Epps is on death row. Yeah, that's a good question. Wouldn't this be? But how long? It may, he may not row? have been on death row, right? He wasn't always true, on death maybe, row. True. He could have maybe he did, years could have ago. Been years ago very true yeah okay so back at the lab what do we got zach's doing something zach 
He's trying to decipher the whole yes, Reinhardt, the whole thing. German like, thing. So he's trying to. My use notes are horrendous. Name. Jeez. He's trying to <laughs> use this name Reinhardt. Uh, try to do anagrams and stuff like that. Yeah. So he's and got he's like, rant here. I in our inner hit. He's got all these like neither neither rain. Mm-hmm. And hello, Booth, coming in with the poetry. Neither rain <laughs> nor sleet nor dead of night. Yeah. Well, it's the postal service motto, so I guess it's not poetry. But <laughs> Booth is the one who actually cracks the case in this case. Yeah. And they realize that they were ma- like he was mailing to an empty lot because this is a postal worker listen that you should see is, my is accomplice you should see this it's hilarious i wrote um <clears throat> uh they all they decide it's an anagram for neither rain which leads to them to the postal service which leads them to the postal worker and the route that included the abandoned lot so they yeah. called up like they find all this information from the actual post this the post office head of the post office people yeah and this crazy route where the abandoned lot is on also has um caroline apsis salon it's got uh the The school the school the catholic school the empty lot yeah so it has all these places so the guy who does that route is a postal worker who used to work at the golf course with apps yes dun 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 yes and do we have a familiar face well yeah they yes we do face of the postal worker and brennan is like holy shit yep who is it Brittany? it is the guy who had been innocently taking his dog for a walk not so innocently so at the beginning of the episode at the very beginning of the episode so that this guy must have been putting that hamate bone in there and he found it because he knew where it was buried yeah so, so uh, they found it it was clear at this point to me i guess he was told like go and uncover the body right plant this bone and tell them that you found a but like tell the police that you found a body yeah Bring the fbi in and right. so then that way they can get the ball rolling. So they kick down the door and surprise, surprise, there's this dog buddy. Well, no, they and Brennan are on the phone. They're in the car racing around trying to find Helen. And they're on the phone with Hodgins because they, they find out the identity of this guy and they're trying to find out where this guy would take Helen. Where would he they take him? Yeah. Take her. So they're Booth and Brennan are on the phone with Hodgins and they're pressuring him to hurry up. Think, think. Like where where are all these chemicals coming from? Like try to do your deductions and figure out, classify them and figure out where you would find all these specific chemicals. Hodgins is freaking out under pressure and yeah. he's trying to help them find out where she is. Angela steps in and calms him down. She calms yeah. Hodgins down on the phone, tells Booth to shut up, stop yelling at him yeah. and she calls him jack she calls him jack and then he comes up dun, with the dun, idea dun. that helen might be in an abandoned postal service warehouse type space yeah the so booth and brennan go to a building that is an abandoned postal space yeah and at, they burst in like you said and booth immediately gives brennan a gun and brennan goes wow i didn't even have to ask yeah <laughs> 
which is Mark was saying, like Mark saw this part of the episode. He's like, how often does he give her a gun? I was like, literally, this is the only time that she doesn't have to ask. (laughs) Otherwise he's like, no, or like, okay, fine, but don't shoot anyone. But the reason that they end up here and the reason they're racing around in the car though, is because they went to Jill's house and that's where the dog was. And he wasn't there. Right. So, but somehow Booth is able to calm him down I'm by sorry, telling him that he's right, shoot Brittany. him in the head. You're no, right. no, I haven't been right at all this whole episode because apparently my notes are terrible. So <sighs> this is my one point. But yeah, I thought it was interesting. Like he's points a gun at this dog's head and then the dog's like, oh, okay, I'm chill now. <laughs> like, oh, okay. But no, okay. So now they're, they burst in, like you said. Mm. And they are they almost immediately find helen majors hanging upside down they're able to lower her down they leave they they have her on the ground booth ends up rushing off and tells brennan you like make sure you stay here you have to stay here um and brennan is like i'm not gonna leave you we have you you're safe now everything's fine yeah this poor girl hanging upside down. I like, I can't imagine how what a nightmare. Yeah. That's probably the whole thing's a nightmare. It's all a nightmare. Horrible things to happen. Awful. Um, yeah, it's horrible anyway. But so Booth goes into this abandoned warehouse. It's dark. He's slowly looking around corners. He has his gun out and bam, he gets hit. With it looked like maybe like a a pole or something crowbar anyway he gets something hit, he gets very hit by this guy heavy and hard yeah yes by the killer so he gets hit and he goes down pretty fast and I'm kind of thinking mm. to myself I'm like oh my god like he's not able to defend himself no and fortunately Brennan doesn't listen so he's trying to fight back trying to fight back and then fortunately Brennan didn't actually uh listen and actually did leave helen behind for a second i guess she must have heard booth go down or was worried about him and surprise surprise she shoots the killer Mm -hmm. and he dies and sad (laughs) and sadly he dies unfortunately and unfortunately he dies but booth is so grateful that she came by She's yeah. apologizing, saying, like, I'm sorry, I know I should have stayed with with uh with Helen. He's like, Well, no, it's it's good that you <laughs> you came that yeah. you did come because I don't think he would have I think he was gonna be overpowered by him. Yeah, he didn't have the upper hand because he hurt himself. Like he when he hit got hit, I think yeah. he broke his wrist or something. Yeah. And uh, he couldn't like use his arms, so Yeah. Yeah. All right. So they so uh, Brennan kills it. a guy. Boom, boom, boom. So, Brennan had killed a guy and Booth is happy that she did it. Yes. So next we have Booth and Brennan going back to the prison to visit with Epps to sort of finish this off. Howard is very excited that Brennan killed this guy. And uh, I noted that Booth is very casual these days. There's a lot of jeans and t-shirts happening this episode. Yeah. And, uh, and even I when don't he has really... a suit on, that like the the tie is so loose. Yeah. So this whole interaction with Howard Epps, of course, is creepy, and Brendan just 
I don't know. It's just one of those situations where, you know, you try to rationalize with somebody like this. It's just not possible. Like, there's no yeah. way to sort of feel like you've got the upper hand or you've won in any of these interactions. Yeah. So regardless, they leave him there. I don't really care at this point what's happening with him because they go well, back. I just, I feel like the whole reason that this whole game happened yes. was because I think he's so full of himself and he figured out that this guy was copying him. The guy must have reached out or something to say like, oh, I killed someone just like you or whatever. Like the guy must have reached out and then he sent him on this like wild goose chase. Really? You think so? That's, that's my thinking that he was a copycat. Okay. And then apps was like, <laughs> oh no, we don't. It didn't even like, occur to me. We're not doing that. Yeah, Howard doesn't want to share the glory, that's for sure. No, doesn't want to share the glory at all. Anyway, but we end up back with Booth and Brennan in the lounge area of the Jeffersonian, that like upper level mezzanine with the couches. So nice there, actually. But (laughs) she has what looks like maybe vodka in her hands, but no, she's just chugging a bottle of water. Not bottle, but chugging some water. And he's kind of, Booth is a bit surprised that she's not throwing them back. But I think she's thinking a lot and she's reflecting on the fact that she had killed someone. And it's, she's fucked up because she killed her. a guy for sure. Yeah. So, not anyway, well with her. regardless, nice yeah. scene. Booth basically is being very supportive. This is a wonderful scene between them. Really he's being nice. Very supportive and saying, listen he understands how she feels and you know she's saying she's trying to rationalize it she doesn't understand why she feels bad because there's all this evidence as to why she should have shot him you know like there were reasons why she shot him but then booth's like you know don't worry you are not like howard epps you have not become him by killing somebody yeah you have to understand that when you kill someone you you pay a price you pay a very hefty price and he knows like Booth knows. He's he says, I know I've done it. Like he has killed people and he yeah. if you pay a price when you do that, when you take someone's life, regardless of who it is, you know, yeah. it, it makes a difference. So he's being super supportive. And then he says, He I got you something. And he reaches into his back pocket and he pulls out this wonderful little plastic toy pig that fits in the palm of his hand, and he hands it to her and you know here's jasper like he's introducing her to jasper the pig and at this point of course now they're very close to each other they're so close it's like kissing close and i was like hashtag where's david and (laughs) they're just being like very intimate in this moment with this pig and i don't know it's just nice he gives her a little present very supportive and i'm it made me feel so happy that they were back on track yeah really seriously like the first like we were saying the first two episodes they were not doing so great oh last episode seemed to be getting back there and now this episode very much back on the same page um that's the end of our episode yeah oh i really like that scene i i love this episode i think it's great i hope it's not the last time we're gonna see howard epps i had forgotten about howard epps to be honest really but yeah there's other ones that i there's other ones that stick other serial killers throughout the series that stick out more in my mind but maybe that's just because this is so early on it's like our first big 
big like, bad art yeah, big almost. bad for sure yeah for big sure. bad also like recurring character kind of yeah yeah yeah, yeah what did yeah, you think yeah. did you like it like i said you bring in a, a, a guy like howard epps you're gonna have yourself a nice twisty exciting kind of plot so I, I just really enjoyed it i really appreciated everyone like quitting their bitching like i'm just so happy yeah. the bitching is over and i hope it doesn't start up again i hope they just move forward as a team and work together like okay but we yeah. have to talk about the elephant in the room yes angela and hodgins now oh. i'm just gonna let people in i've cut these things out of the show in the past because britney's <laughs> gone ahead and sort of spoiled things for me and some level no whatever <laughs> i tell you stop doing that but um it's true but then i keep doing it and it's so bad i'm so sorry <laughs> i am coming to your side because Brittany, okay. i will reveal now and i'm sure it comes out soon because we're we're getting to this point now i think where angela and hodgins are moving forward so for sure but Brittany mentioned to me a few even in season was it the beginning of the season beginning of season one even i think i mentioned that because you were saying i hate hodgins no. i hate hodgins no i mean when oh. you told me that you thought they were already sleeping together oh i think it yeah, was the no, even... beginning of this season was it that or the i think it was the second season? episode oh really I have to go back and listen. I can't remember. No, it was soon. It was before that. I think that you were talked about it at the end of season one. It might have been end thought. of season one. Yeah. I cut it all it out of our been. podcast because I didn't want it to be like a thing because I didn't. I thought you were crazy. I thought it was insane to think that they were <laughs> they were had already started sleeping together. But now, after seeing this episode, especially it, like yeah. the last one. Yeah, it's a little bit. But this yeah. one was. Oh, yeah huge there are indicators thing. huge indicators <laughs> oh for sure just the way oh you know it was the scene where you they she said i don't touch you you touch me yes that scene which was where... that was first first episode of this season because okay, that's when okay, we okay. we meet cam right that was right, when right, we right, met right. cam right so you had mentioned that then yeah and i was like I thought you were crazy. It was all <laughs> insane. And now with this? Oh yeah. And I wasn't I forgot that this is how this starts. I forgot. Like it's it starts like this in the background. Yeah. It's interesting. It is interesting. And I think Oh yes. Hodgins is tolerable. Yes. Let this be heard. <laughs> I just hated him so much in season one. They are both very unlikable characters in season one. And then I think that they're trying to make the point that maybe they balance each other out. So now like it's his conspiracy theories have kind of been like, even he did have a small conspiracy theory, but it was very tame in this episode. Right. He's and he also was like, respectful. Oh yeah, you're right. Like he kind of gave up on it when it was mentioned that it was. Something yeah. Else. You didn't like latch on and go on and on and on about it like an annoying yeah person and she's not talking about all these boys and who she's sleeping with and like all being and all she's ditzy. getting very sensitive about yes. anyone mentioning that she has this history yeah so there's that and i'm also very pleased with 
Angela's character. This episode yes. specifically, I found her. Wow. Like she, Michaela did a great job. Like I felt her energy through the scenes where she was being very compassionate and empathetic yeah. and the language she used. And I just thought that was like, wow, that's really those very admirable people skills, you know, like I felt well, especially, that really interesting. especially the scene where she's with the, the father of Helen majors. Yeah. yeah. Helen majors. Yeah. No, Laura, Laura. Mm-hmm. what when yeah sorry when she was with that with the father i was like okay she's the right person for this job like yeah for sure yeah which i still question her credentials <laughs> <laughs> like i don't think she i think she's the best person for that scene for like the situation she's dealt with but she's not trained to be helping with this kind of stuff so we'll no. see where this goes and you do need somebody, like you said, like they always do that. Like you always see that in movies and stuff with police officers. They always bring someone with them yeah. to sort of uh, help uh, on that level, like psychologically. Yeah. So I just thought that was interesting. I think, so I think we liked that's it. it. That's it. That's all I have to say. It's just like this Hodgins Angela in, is, uh, I'm going to see, yeah. I'll see because I, I was so unhappy about it vehemently unhappy like the way it all happened but i'm seeing it from a different perspective because you told me you thought they were already sleeping together at this point i was looking at it when i first watched this as they weren't yeah and he was just coming on to her and he's really creepy creepy and pervy yeah super strong because if you look at it from two different angles like that oh yeah it's completely different yeah yeah, because we'll he's one, one way he's like endearing and sweet, and like yeah, the other way is like ew, back off. Yeah, <laughs> it's wild how different yeah. you can look at it for sure. It's wild, 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 wild. Oh, well, I hope I really hope that these episodes continue on this trajectory because last two episodes have been great. First two episodes I found were a bit more challenging to watch but oh, this think... one was definitely in the pocket it was definitely like oh yeah everyone's back on track and you know what we'll just briefly let's look at our uh let's look at our writer for this one and director just in case yeah. uh maybe it was the same person from the last howard epps one and then we can sign off um, that would be cool actually if if every howard epps episode that they have the um the same writer blonde in the game brian spicer brian's that's so familiar brian spicer how do you find out how many he's done i usually just click on his name right brian no spicer hi. what has he done x files oh. and 24 okay he was the lead okay. director on 24 okay he is and then he produced a bunch of stuff i want to see director though see all director. hawaii 50 magnum pi oh yeah he's Going back castle that's where <laughs> i've seen his name before oh here is the information all the good stuff uh no he just did the one episode just this one yeah interesting huh interesting he's done I other thought... 
all of his stuff is police procedural though csi well, killer instinct 24 he's done lots oh he does house as well well he did another one uh the man in the high castle have you seen that one oh yeah that's really good that's a good show eh i really love uh what's his face the actor one of the main actors in that one what's his name let me look it up he does there's also there was a movie as well rufus sewell that's his name rufus sewell british dude very cool um what was i gonna say yeah no i really appreciated this for going back to the basics for sure but um uh i don't know if i was gonna say anything rufus sewell do you watch the boys yes we're a couple episodes behind right now i just started watching it but holy shit it's so dark like i don't know it there's a lot of good to it like in it's I so like cynical it's cynical yes. as hell and i'm like i'm really trying because my friend told me to watch handmaid's tale which i tried watching when it first came out but it's so dark so dystopian so ugh. yeah and then the boys is very clever and the writing is hilarious like some of the stuff is like so much self-referential like so many references yeah. but dark and cynical and <sighs> sometimes i just much i just want to watch something light <laughs> like easy yeah. there's a show called the good fight which is by the same people that did the good wife it's like a lawyer procedural type thing and it's very shiny and there's quippy dialogue and it's funny and kind of dramatic and it's fun it's easy you can eat up the episodes no problem yeah. but i just finished watching i'm going to continue it's not finished yet this season two is only two seasons it's called kevin can fuck himself have you heard of that yes i i think second so good it's so good i can't get over how good it is like it's so clever and interesting and cool i just thought wow what a yes cool show it's with the girl from um creek Creek. i wanted to see this i haven't i haven't seen it it it's good it's like it's so cool it takes a sitcom and turns it on its head okay and i'm not giving a lot of way it's just a woman married to a real doofus it's like typical sitcom where this beautiful woman's married to this not so great guy and anytime there's it and it starts out like a typical like brightly lit haha laugh track sitcom yeah whenever the main guy kevin is in the room it's very like sitcom-y okay then when she's alone like the darkness descends and it's like reality there's reality and it's like not good and it's like wow and throughout the series what happens that's a cool concept well what happens is like it's interspersed so she'll walk into the room and her husband's there and it's like ha 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 ha," laughing and she says things that are typical kind of sitcom-y things yeah but you know what's really going on like behind because of all the like asides because she's doing living her separate life over here away from him anyway it's really and slowly over time the other characters start to 
enter into the real world like it's interesting it's just Okay. it's quite and it's like a crazy plot and all these things but i'm looking forward to it's they're only going to do two seasons I do want and that's it Okay. I I kind of like it when the shows do like when they do that, when they decide like, okay, that's enough seasons. We're done. i love it it's very british i love it on that note Thank you for joining us for this wonderful reset into the Bones world and this episode of Squintcast. Squidcast. Definitely <laughs> our best yet. <laughs> oh See my you God. next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Squintcast with me, Kelly Booth, and my and your new friend, Brittany Elsner. The Bones theme is performed by The Crystal Method. They can be found on Instagram and YouTube at The Crystal Method and at thecrystalmethod.com. Intro and outro music is by Twisterium at Pixabay. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at Squintcast. Email us at squintcastpodcast at gmail.com. You can find me at fab underscore empire underscore on Instagram and TikTok. Brittany can be found at Brittany81523 on Instagram. See you next time. Hodgins! <laughs>